0: oh man uh i just thought uh you know my arms were a little bit tired after holding him for only a couple minutes and and how great is it right that the arms of jesus never get tired Uh, he'll just carry us around all day long and uh and and he never never grows weary never gets tired of carrying us in fact uh, it's a great joy for him as he does that um, hey we're, we're going to uh, jump into to the uh, the big kid the older kid version uh, of the sermon and, and just begin to reflect and and we really want to return to that opening question that we had uh, that opening question of if you could boil life down to two main things what would the what would the answer be and and for the next several minutes we're going to try to just uh, look at a few different places in scripture and see how God would answer that question um, uh, not in the sense of Of trying to beat us up or say that our answers are wrong but just in the way of trying to say uh, sometimes my life gets a little bit out of whack (laughs) and so it's always so good to come back and say um, what does God think what 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 does God say are the two main ingredients if you think about it you can almost say today that God is giving us a recipe for life and and he tells us the two main ingredients and and he tells us even uh, some things about the proportion of those two main ingredients Right, recipes include ingredients and it includes the proportions, how much of everything uh, to put into whatever you're trying to cook. And so today we're going to be kind of thinking in those terms. Uh, What are the two main ingredients that God sort of lays out for our life over and over and over again? And maybe even a little bit of what are the proportions. Uh, that God desires for us. Uh, so we're going to start in Genesis chapter one and uh, and and just kind of begin to, uh, to to carve our way through this. And and what we're going to see in Genesis chapter one is we're going to see how God Himself uh, sort of lives. What what are the the two main ingredients to God's life? And and, and as we're not going to read the whole thing, but but there's a few key ingredients. Uh, that we see over and over again. Uh, Genesis 1 uh, kind of follows this pattern. It, it follows this rhythm that you just sort of get used to. And then all of a sudden in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, it's like a, you know, a record screeching and, and things kind of come to a halt and things shift. And, and the rhythm and the pattern of Genesis 1 gets interrupted. It gets interrupted. So, so just see this. Um, Genesis 1, verse 3, it says this. Um, God comes and says, Let there be light... God saw that it was good. There was evening and morning the, the, the first day. Right? Those are the, the kind of key three phrases that we see over and over again in this pattern of Genesis 1. So follow it along. Right? Genesis 1, verse 6. Let there be an expanse. There was evening and morning the, what, second day. Uh, verse 9. Uh, Let the waters be gathered. Uh, God saw it was good. Uh, verse 11. Let the earth sprout. God saw it was good. There was evening and morning the third day. Uh, verse 14, right? Let there be lights, God says. God saw it was good. There was evening and morning the fourth day, right? Let the waters swarm. God saw it was good. There was evening and morning the fifth day. Um, and then, and then uh, we, we go to verse 24. Let the earth bring forth. God saw it was good. Uh, Let us make man in our own image. God saw it was very good. There was evening and morning the sixth day. See, there's just kind of this pattern and this flow to Genesis chapter 1. And then all of a sudden you you get to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, and things kind of come to a screeching halt. Here's what it says. On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. You don't get anything of the um, let there be You don't get any of the, God saw and it was good. You don't get the, you know, evening and morning, the seventh day. It's just, no, no, God finished his work and he rested. The the word rested there, it it means uh, to to cease or to stop. Uh, It doesn't mean that, uh, of course, God ceased or stopped. It just means that his creative, productive work ceased or stopped on the seventh day. He he rested from that work of creating and producing something. And so right off the top, from the very beginning of Scripture, we see that God himself lives in a in in a rhythm, so to speak. Uh, he, he works and he rests. And, and what we see uh, in uh, Genesis chapter two, verse three, is that he also desires that same rhythm for you and for me, and, and, and that same rhythm for the people that he created. So, so just listen to this. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy uh, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Uh, to be holy means that it's set apart, uh, it's distinct, it's different from all the other days. So, so God desires that we would have one day a week, that is somehow different or set apart or distinct from all the other days. All the other days are just kind of like all the other days, but we've got one day every week that God desires for holiness or, or something different to be experienced. Um, we move forward to Exodus chapter 20. We're, we're going to see the same two ingredients of rest and work here. Um, the, the setting here is hundreds of thousands of God's people gathered at Mount Sinai. And, uh, and, and these folks are, are all gathered there. Um, they've been slaves in the land of Egypt for 400 years. They don't know what it's like to be free. Uh, They have no idea, right? In in Egypt, um, you know, they're told what to do and they do it, or they get beat. Right? That's how it works in Egypt. So, so they've been slaves for 400 years, living under that for 400 years, and now they're free. And and they're kind of looking around at each other, saying, "Well." I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? And they're looking around at each other saying, I don't know how to function as a group and as a nation. And so, so, so God comes and, and kind of graciously in Exodus 20 uh, reveals uh, the Ten Commandments and says, look, this is, this is how you do it. This is how you should live life. This is the best way to sort of function as a group of people, as a nation, and so you get things like this, right? You shall have no other gods. You shall not make yourself a carved image. You shall not make the na- take the name of the Lord your God in vain. All right? Those those first three are you shall not. So make sure you don't do these things. And, and then this this fourth thing, uh, he says, remember. Again, right? There's kind of a, a pattern established. Uh, you, you you would expect God to say something like you shall not, but but instead he says remember. So so as God is trying to tell them the best way to live their lives as free people. He says, remember. Uh, That word to remember means to recall something uh, to bring something to the front of your mind. Uh, the, the the way that I always uh, kind of like to think of it is uh, uh, when scripture talks about remembering, it's like we've got all these file folders, right? And, and and as we get busy and as we go through life, we take the file folder and we put it in the file drawer and we close that file drawer because we only have so much capacity. And so to remember something means that you go and you find the file drawer, you open it up, you find the right file, you pull it out, and then you start to look at it. <laughs> that's what Jesus, That's what God is saying here in this command. Remember, um, uh, call this to mind. Spend time looking at this. Remember, he says, the Sabbath day. Uh, that day in Genesis 2 where God rested, he ceased, he stopped. Right? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to keep it set apart, to keep it distinct and different from all the other days. So just see this right now. We've got this is how God did life, the rhythm that He lived in, and, and and this is the the rhythm that God desires for you and me, and and now it's not just a desire. Now it's a command. Right? Do this. Uh, let me just finish reading that uh, the the that little section, Exodus twenty verse eight. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall do, not do any work, you, your son, daughter, male servant, female servant, livestock, sojourner, who's within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The same two ingredients, rest and work. And now we see a little bit of the proportions. Work for six, rest for one. Uh, It's pretty cool. If you move forward then to, to Leviticus chapter 23, it's like who reads the book of Leviticus? Right? It's, like, it's, it's one of these books that's it kind of difficult to read. What happens in Leviticus is it's meant to give more instruction to the people. Um, Moses was up on that mountain for 40 days, so God had a lot to say about the best way to do life. God had a lot to say about, hey, let me, let me help you guys be a nation and a group of people together. And so when you get to Exodus, uh, Leviticus 23, um, God basically says, look, here's all the, uh, the, the, the feasts— All the parties that I want you to throw on a regular or annual basis. Now, isn't that cool? Like, hey, I want you to be a people that actually celebrate feasts. I want you to be a people that actually party on a regular, but it's God prescribed, right? It's so cool. Uh, Leviticus 23 is a great chapter because what he does is he's gonna, we're gonna see it not only talk about the Sabbath, but he's gonna add in extra days of rest. So, so he begins Leviticus 23 by saying, hey, celebrate the Sabbath day. That's one day every week, right? That, that you should stop working and rest, cease. Stop the work of, of, of producing something and, and trying to be creative. Um, so so that's, if you're doing the math, right, 52 days every single year that God wants you to stop and rest. He, he goes on, he talks about the Feast of Passover, and he says um, in that Feast of Passover, make sure that you do one more day of no work. Um, then he talks about the Feast of Weeks, and he says, look, one more day of no work. The Feast of Trumpets, one more day of no work. Uh, The Day of Atonement, one more day of no work. The Feast of Tabernacles, two extra days of no work. And so what we see is 58 days in a calendar year that God sets aside and says, Look, I want you to stop one ingredient, which is work, and I want you to live out the other ingredient, which is rest. Again, I don't really do math. You guys have heard me say that before I do Jesus, but, but by my calculations, that's about 16% of our year that, that God has set aside for you to rest, to stop, to cease, to not be worried about producing something or, or, or creatively doing something, but, but to just rest. 16% of the year. Uh, we we want to jump way forward. This is kind of a big leap for me, but, but this goes all the way to Matthew 11, and uh, this is thousands of years after, Le- after the book of Leviticus. Um, th- this is going to be the words of Jesus, and you've probably heard these words before. This is Matthew 11, verse 28 and following. Uh, Jesus says this. You're, you're going to hear the same two ingredients, right? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest, right? The same two ingredients. Uh, but, but I love it here because Jesus puts a little bit more, um, uh, he gives us a little more information about it, right? So, so he says uh, one ingredient is to work, right? Those who labor and are heavy laden. Good, hard work, right? But, but then he's, he's also saying, hey, it's important to have that other ingredient, which is rest. And just see this, right? He's helping us to see where rest comes from. Rest is not just, you know, ceasing all activity. I think it's really important that we just kind of point that out. Um, Rest, in this passage, is not kicking your feet up, watching a football game, and eating chips. Uh, Rest is not putting on a movie and eating a, you know, bucket of ice cream. Um, rest is not, uh, and, and we're seeing some, uh, so, some uh, frustration with that uh, in the room here. But um, uh, uh, rest is not, um, uh, you know, me time where I just do whatever I want because it makes me feel good. No, no, rest is, is about a person, right? Come to me, Jesus says, and I will rest you. Okay? Come to me, and I will, I will give you rest. See, rest isn't really about the activity or the lack of activity. Rest is about a personal connection to this guy named Jesus. So we see the same two ingredients, rest and work. But we've got a little bit more uh, about that rest piece now where we can see this is an intentional rest. We're resting in some kind of intentional way. And, and, and the rest comes from, it pours out of, it's, it's a gift from Jesus himself. And then we move forward to John chapter 15. And I love this little section because um, I, I feel like Jesus sort of knows, like, hey, we're just slow of heart. <laughs> I feel like he just knows we're, we're sort of slow to understand things sometimes. And so what he does is, is he's going to use picture language. And he's using this picture language so that we can kind of grab a hold of, hey, here's the two key ingredients that we've seen and known from Genesis chapter 1. But, but Jesus is going to say it in a different way to sort of just help us understand uh, in a fresh, new way, here's the two key ingredients that's going to help you experience life. And, and we see it, right? We've got the, the vine, which is Jesus, and we've got the, the vine dresser, which is the Father. He, he takes care of the vine and the branches. And, and then we've got us being the branches. And, and, and we see the two main ingredients. We see work, right? Uh, that's bearing fruit, When we bear fruit, that's the work piece. Uh, uh, That that means that, that, and and just see what Jesus says about it in that section. When you bear fruit, it brings glory to the Father. This is absolutely a a God-pleasing thing to work and work hard and and to to produce something and to be creative and to bear fruit. That's absolutely part of the recipe for life. To, To bear fruit and to work is a key ingredient that God desires. Um, And then the other one, of course, is what I was doing with Zeke, and it's this whole abiding thing. Uh, Just to bring back that definition, right, to abide in something means that you stay close to it, you you remain near it, um, you you somehow stay connected to it. And so we see that same thing that happened in Matthew 11, where, where abiding and rest is not so much about a lack of activity, uh, but it's more about a personal connection, some kind of connection to this thing, right? It's a connection to the vine, a connection to Jesus. That's where rest comes from. And, and the only way that you can really produce good fruit, it, Jesus says, is if we're abiding in him, if we're resting in him. And so we see those two key ingredients, this abiding and, uh, and, and this bearing fruit. Um, We see that there's kind of a natural swing to the rhythm of life that God has planned. Um, And and, and here, uh, Jesus also kind of throws in this other thing. And so we're going to talk about that in the course of this series because I think it's helpful as we kind of walk through life. He talks about this pruning process. Uh, somewhere in between work and, and rest, there's some kind of pruning that happens. We'll, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, but to be pruned means that you're cut back. It means that you, uh, you get things cleaned up so that the nutrients flow to exactly where you want them to flow. And, and so uh, somewhere between work and rest, that pruning happens, and and we're going to be talking about that um, in, in just a couple of weeks. Okay, so, so let me ask you to engage again where you are, and then I want to come back and talk about the why, and, and that's really the good news portion of this. Um, I want you to just engage with us on, on Facebook, uh, on Zoom, because I, I really would like to hear where you're at and, and what's kind of stirring in your heart. Which one of these do you most desire to hear about? Uh, a little bit more. Which, which one needs the most attention in your life? Um, do you want, to talk about, uh, you want to talk about rest, intentional rest, uh, a connection to Jesus that is restful? Um, or, or do you want to think more about the work that, that God has planned for you, or, or the work of of bearing good fruit, producing something? Uh, or do you want to know more about this pruning thing and what that looks like? in your life. Just go ahead and engage with us. It would be helpful uh, as we walk through the next few weeks to sort of see where you're at and, uh, and what's on your heart. Uh, we want uh, uh, to just redirect to that why question. We've been talking about the what. right? What is the recipe? Uh, what are the two key ingredients? Uh, what are the proportions even uh, that God desires for us? But, but the why in John 15 is so beautiful. Uh, the why in John 15 is just such good news, uh, such gospel truth, that we, we've got to just, just just see why Jesus is pointing this out. So, so John 15, uh, verse 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Just see that. As the Father has loved me, right? That's Jesus talking. I have loved you. And then he says, abide, right? Stay close, remain near." Abide in my love. Um, Jesus isn't uh, trying to get us to think about our rhythm of life uh, so that we feel better about our life. Uh, Jesus isn't trying to get us to consider our rhythm of life so that we are more productive and bear better fruit. Jesus isn't trying to get us to consider our rhythm of life uh, so that, you know, we can have better rest. No, no, he, he's trying to get us to, to a place where he can experience his love in a deeper, more refreshing kind of way, right? Um, As the fathers loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And then this one always blows me away. Uh, down in verse 11, uh, Jesus says this, These things... I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody that would say, nope, I don't want more joy. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, everybody I know says, yeah, I want more joy in life. And, and then you're, you're talking about the joy of Jesus himself being planted in your heart. And, and right, Not just in your heart, in your toes all the way to your head. The joy of Jesus being placed in you, and it fills you up from your toes all the way to your head. See, this is not about, uh, you know, oh, I just need a break. This is not about, oh, this is how you can be more productive. Uh, This is not about feeling better about your life. This is about experiencing the love of God in a deeper, fuller way. This is about experiencing the joy of Jesus himself uh, in you from your toes all the way to your head. Uh, This is good gospel news for us to celebrate. But look, I I don't know about you and what, I saw some of your answers earlier, but um, when my ingredients get mixed up, (laughs) uh, life doesn't taste as good. Um, When my rhythm of life gets messed up, things just don't work as well. Um, When I uh, start to let my life be mostly about the White Sox and work, um, I don't experience the love of God as deeply as I can. Uh, When my life becomes about work as a pastor and work as a husband and work as a dad, I'm not experiencing uh, as much joy in my life as I could. And so I just find this incredibly gracious it 's incredibly kind of God, from Genesis chapter one to Genesis two to Exodus 20 to Leviticus 23 to, to Matthew 11 to John 15, and there 's other places. He just over and over again in his kindness, brings this back and says, hey there 's two ingredients it 's two: rest and work. Because he knows we kind of get out of whack. He knows that we kind of go astray, and he wants us to experience his love, and he wants us to be full of his joy. This is good news to celebrate. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we uh, we truly thank you and praise you for, for giving us and reminding us of the best recipe for life. Um, sometimes as we walk through life, it, it just doesn't taste as as sweet or as good as we would like it to and uh, and that's often because we have just kind of strayed. Um, we aren't staying close to you. Um, we're not bearing good fruit and uh, and we recognize that and and we say that we are sorry. And so we thank you for your kindness that just brings this back to us time and time and time again. Um, you are so kind and so good uh, to keep this in front of us, uh, to, to let us tap into and experience your love, to fill us with your joy. And so Jesus, we, uh, we, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to, to just kind of come back and consider our rhythm and to rejoice and celebrate the rhythm that you have planned for each one of us. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.